Cahoots House and a weekend where we couldn't stop talking about the potential and then real football news. The basketball team had a really important victory on Friday night. You are Locked On Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougs, the other podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston born teacher and coach, Parker Ainsworth, that are picked on all things Cougs. If you're U of H fan, just hitting your side by, please just subscribe down below. Let me play some Cougs and Unity's feed each and every day. Appreciate you making Locked On Cougs your first listen of the day. Welcome back to the YouTube channel. That's where you found us. It is so good to see you again. Uh, you know, we're just over 1750. The giveaway is going to Kenneth. He, I commented on a comment of his to tell me that, tell him to DM me. So make sure you go DM me, Kenneth. I will do another giveaway of 2,000, so hit subscribe, help us get there. Like and comment on the videos to let us know you are in that contest. If, after listening to us talk about basketball and you heard the other episode on Will Fritz, you just don't know what to say, tell us what you thought about the officiating, because we're talking about officiating today, in the Sunday night football game. All right, so today's episode is a bonus episode. This is the second episode of the day, so go check out the first one about Will Fritz being hired. If you're looking for that, you're in the wrong place. It's just the other episode, so go check that out and come back to this one, or watch the short bonus episode, and then go check out that one. But we're talking about the Houston Cougar victory over the Xavier Musketeers. First of all, as far as mascots go, Musketeers, very strong. But Houston beat Xavier on Friday night, 66-260. So if you've been following along with Lockdown Cougs, you know that I had, uh, I'm coaching high school basketball. I coach high school basketball. We had our own tournament Friday. And then I had to go to, uh, I had to watch funeral on Saturday and then go back to my own tournament the rest of the day that day. So I had to watch this game in multiple parts. And I really think, um, you know, on top of basketball being a great distraction from things in life, sometimes that's why I love talking about basketball because it's just the perfect distraction sometimes. Um, I really, really think that this game is more interesting having watched it in two parts. I watched about a little bit more than the first half in one part. And then, had to take a pause, live life a little bit, come back on Saturday night and watch the second part. And it's interesting to me that, you know, that's just kind of around the same time that Houston went from, oh, what were they up? At that point, it was by 13 in the second half and a relatively low-scoring game. Uh, okay, they got this in the bag. I'll watch the rest of it tomorrow. No big deal. And I really tried to do a really good job of, I don't like turn off Twitter and mute Twitter and whatever. Like, I know Houston won or whatever, but like, I, I don't go listen to I, I listen in my own free time, other people's podcasts. But if I haven't like recorded my own thing, I don't go listen to them or whatever. Like I didn't go listen to Pod Slam. I didn't go listen to I didn't I just got home and done to every day. But anybody else, because I want to make sure I like I was fresh mind and watch the game and fresh mind record my own thing. Um, so, you know, but that interesting turning around that suddenly happens when around that 13 minute mark, Jamal Shea gets fourth foul around that 13 point lead Jamal Shea gets his uh, fourth foul and became very apparent in this game that Jamal Shed was going to be unable uh, to sit down <laughs> it just it just in playing a high level team like Xavier and Xavier is the best team per Ken Palm Houston has played this year uh, Utah and Towson Dayton all being close but not the same um, Houston very clearly did end up needing to have a true point guard on the field, on the court at all times. And that is Jamal Shedd for this team. That's the only option for this team. And I say that because LJ Cryer is the MVP of the game. He's the reason they won the game. He has 23 points. He started hot, finished hot, 
made free throws on the stretch. I mean, he is the reason they won the basketball game. Defensively, I'd argue Emmanuel Sharp playing as well as he did, crashing it for boards. Uh, Jawan Roberts playing smart as he did, playing against, you know, talented bigs down low. Javier Francis was a beast. His length came to play on so many different shot attempts and shot deflections, frankly, shot intimidations, right? Um, I thought it was really interesting that offensively, they didn't have a point guard or anyone could fill that role besides Jamal. Now, Cryer is more, he is six foot one and will probably have to do some combo stuff at the next level. But at this level, he's very much a shooting guard. Um, he is looking to score and he is really, really good at it. But orchestrating an offense takes a different kind of ball player. And that was the unique and special thing about Marcus a year ago, right? Is that Marcus could do both. And that's why he's a certified a top 25 pick pro, right? And Cryer's learning to do both. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that he'll never do both. But on Friday night, when they needed another point guard and it wasn't Jamal Shedd, they only gave Malik Wilson a couple minutes here. Um, they kind of let Emmanuel Sharp do a little bit there. Terrence Arsenal is not really a point guard, but he only played 13 minutes, which we'll get into in a minute, but not not the best showing there. Uh, and I love Terrence, but that just wasn't his best showing. Um, and Jamal Shedd was just missed. He played just 28 minutes. Um, and frankly, you could argue that had he been able to play the normal 36 minutes or 34 minutes or whatever, he'd have been okay, right? Um, now I don't want to give no credit to what happened over, uh, on the other sideline or on the other basket. Um, Desmond Claude had, you know, he's a good shooter. He had another good shooting night, uh, from inside the arc. Obviously we talked about beforehand. He's much more of a finisher at the rim. He had a couple other jump shots as well, but he was very much a rim going kind of guy over five from three. Um, he did get 24 points without a three pointer. That's impressive. That's impressive. Um, they, you know, I think they tried to go inside with some of the bigger guys, uh, the Shani or uh, Usman or whomever. Um, didn't matter. Like I said, Javier Francis at length was able to deter all of that. Um, I'd be interested to know in your comments what you thought was the turning point of the game that went fully back to Houston's way. Um, I really thought that. Um, Honestly, it was just bringing Shed back in and him playing foul-free basketball with that fourth foul. Um, Tugler, I thought, played well. Speaking of guys with foul draw, that Tugler played particularly well. Um, just a high-motor guy, but getting five fouls in just 13 minutes of play, <sighs> can't do that, man. And I mean, not you obviously can't do that. They foul you out of the game. But that's also like you got to have smarter court awareness, know where your body is, know where your limbs are, know where your hands are that you just got, you got to cut that out. We need, we need Tugler too much for him to be doing that. He's really our third big man in every sense of the way, um, which leads me to the conversation I want to have in the second segment. That is talking to some about one Terrence Arsenal and why he, I don't, he didn't get a whole lot of clock in this game. And I love Terrence. I love watching Terrence play basketball, but I don't disagree with the decision. But first, one decision I think we can all agree on is that when you need to get a new member of your team, an LJ Cryer, perhaps, someone to come in and score a bunch of buckets, it feels like a really stressful situation. And if you want to fix the situation, you got to go to LinkedIn Jobs because when you're hiring for your small business, you want to make sure you have the top tier candidates possible interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs, which you find the tools you need to find the right potential for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn Jobs is not just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which make it the best place 
to hire. Post job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college. Post job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So I mentioned that I love Terrence Arsenal's game. I told you last year that dude's a pro basketball player. He just moves a little differently. Guys are 6'5 and change with long wingspans aren't typically that kind of fluid beyond the arc. I understand he played a lot of Ford in high school and he's working his way into the guard type stuff and it's all a work in progress. The kid's a pro. He's a pro. And he played not so great in his 13 minutes on the floor the other night. Um, had just two points, one of three shooting. But it's not the offensive stuff I think that worried us as much as it was the first time I felt like Terrence is what I would have called a negative defender. And that is to say that um, he's going to give up more points than he scores. Now, there's two ways to be a negative defender. Either you don't score much or you give up a lot of points. And I kind of felt like on Friday, Terrence was flirting with both. Um, and so, honestly, Samson took him out. And I appreciate, and I think he was right, that it felt like, Tug, that it felt like Terrence was about a half step slow off the ball. Uh, if you go back and watch that game at all, it's not necessarily that the guy he's covering is scoring a lot, although Desmond Claude, when he was switched on to him, did kind of eat him up a little bit. It's more about backside rotations on things, and it frankly feels a lot like what we went through with Jairus Walker a year ago. Jairus is a tremendous basketball player, um, incredible athlete, one of, probably one of the best athletes in any sport to come through the University of Houston, right? But he'd been the best athlete in the room for so long in his life. There were moments that he made freshman mistakes as coach, coach Samson would call them on the backside of defenses. And you'd see him come and make sports run type blocks and give open threes, or he'd be, you know, way too often help. And then the kickout to three would happen. He'd be late on the kickout and be fouling a three point shooter. Cause he can't slow some down those kinds of things happening. Right now. I don't necessarily think that, Terrence Arsenal is in any trouble. It seems like it's just a bad game. But I think what it tells us about the Cougars is more interesting. And it tells us that, A, they can win with one of their better players having a bad game. Because I would say Arsenal is like an important piece of this team. His ability to play the two, the three, and the four is vital. Changes up a lot of different lineup stuff you can do, a lot of different fun things that they can have with all kinds of different personnel out there. But it also tells us that even with as deep a team as they've got, the starters are guys that got to come to play. Cryer, Shed, Sharp and Dunn, and Roberts. Even with the team as deep as we know that they can be, because they they went a, a real 10 deep, and frankly, we'll probably always go a real 9 deep, uh, just depending on if they want to put Malik here, Ramon there, whatever, right? Regardless, those five guys, and I know I did mention Javier, and he's a starter, but I mentioned... Damien, because he and Sharp will split that role a lot. Those five guys have got to come to play every day. And in that way, it felt like a game from last year. Last year, Houston really, in critical moments, played about six and a half guys. It didn't feel quite as dramatic this time. But we look at the minutes distribution. The starters all played 23 or more minutes. Remember, in that 23 or more minutes, you have Francis had four fouls and Jamal Shedd had four fouls, but they all played 23 or more minutes. The next highest minute total was Damian Dunn at 14. That's almost a 10-minute difference between the lowest starter and the highest guy off the bench. And that's frankly 
they hadn't played a game quite as close. It, it, it's the only single-digit win they've got in the season. It's also probably the most difficult road game they'll play in the non-conference this season. But it's interesting to see that shake out that way, and it felt like a game of old. And I just, I, I mean, I watched it a couple different parts, um, so maybe that's my, you know, jumping around and my brain's been all over, over the place, everything going on, those kinds of things. But it was interesting to see that kind of, you know, revert reversion back to the old. Um, now, Houston plays Rice on Wednesday and what should be, for all intents and purposes, a get-right game. They play Jackson State on Saturday the 9th. Again, all intents and purposes, a get-right game. But then a week from Saturday, play A&M at Toyota, which is technically a neutral site. Um, the game, I forget if it's the game before us or after us in this little like four-team deal is LSU, UT Austin, and then we play A&M all at Toyota Center. So it's called a neutral site game because I guess theoretically tickets could be amongst any of the four schools. I would hope we have a good showing in that one, right, as the school from in town. Um, I... I am really impressed. I don't know if you've watched AM play yet. AM is really good this year. Um, they're playing a hyper efficient offense, pretty stringent defense. Kim Pomp's got them in the top 25. If Houston had played AM on Friday, I think they'd have lost. And um, I'm not saying that they're going to go undefeated this season. I, they're playing the Big 12. They won't. But a non conference loss could be a big deal, especially when you have like. Xavier, AM, and Penn, right? Are your non tournament, non conference big teams, right? Um, I just I feel like I feel like that they gotta they gotta do improve a lot between now and the AM game. Uh, they can t- continue to find a second floor general. Uh, if it's Malik, if it's developing Cryer into that guy, I think both are viable options. Um, I think Sharp can do it as well if, if they can develop him into that role. Um they got to find a second floor general because it's not right to Jamal to play all 40 minutes. We saw how that wore him down last season by March. And frankly, we also saw on Friday that he's going to be in foul trouble sometimes because he's playing the kind of defense and intense defense that Houston requires of their guys. And that's going to lead to foul trouble. Now, for what it's worth, I saw a lot of commentary. Um, again, I, I can't completely avoid Twitter. I'm, I'm as addicted as anybody else. So a lot of commentary about fouls and fouls and fouls and this foul and that foul and da da da. And what I hate to break to people is that in the Power Five conferences, there are more fouls called per game. So in the Big 12 this year, it's going to be called tighter. It just is. And that should help Houston in some ways because it'll get to the foul line, foul other guys out. Houston's deep. Other teams aren't as deep. That's a good thing. It also means that the intense defensive brand of basketball Houston plays has to be sharp, has to be clean. And they've played clean. They played clean games before. I'm not saying they can't do it. They got to be clean, hands-free defense, man. And I think they're capable. I think they've got the athletes to do it. I think they've got a really, really talented backcourt, like deep, talented backcourt. But it's going to come down to if, they, if Shed's the only point guard on the roster, only floor general on the roster. Can he play 36 minutes? He can play 36 minutes every night. He can play 36 minutes. Two nights and three days, three weekends in March and one weekend in April. That's a lot to ask, man. It's a lot to ask. We're going to be following along the entire way. Uh, this is just jointed uh, watching the game led to a little bit late analysis, but we'll talk about 
rice on Wednesday morning, recap rice by Thursday morning, et cetera, da, 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 right? So make sure you hit subscribe for all things Locked on Cougs, including our basketball team, because I love talking about Houston Cougar basketball. Love, love, love talking about Houston Cougar basketball. It really helps distract from a lot of the rest of the world. Um, we are also spending this week talking about the Willie Fritz hiring the football program. If you're looking for that, we got to this episode. Remember, there's a full-length episode of that on the other part of the channel. Go check out that as well. Remember to hit subscribe. Get us each and every day in your podcast feed, wherever you get your podcast. For a second listen, if you're this far into it and you like college basketball, go check out Locked On College Basketball. It's a great, great listen. Andy and I do a great job breaking down all the biggest news across the entire college basketball landscape. Locked On Cougs, Prime Locked On Podcast Network. That means your team every day. Go Cougs.